All right. Hi, this is Connor from um, the UNE Guide podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about census states uh, and a bunch of relevant topics surrounding that. For those of you who don't know uh, who we are, we're a weekly podcast designed to help students become familiar with some of the different aspects of studying with UNE. Whether that be online or on campus, we've got you covered. I'll be joined by Stephen Gully um, and Ash. You, would you prefer to go by Ash? Ash is fine. Yep. So Ashley um, Dempster, uh, who will be both providing valuable insight into census states and what they mean for students. Um, I'll start with Steve, if you'd like to let us know a little bit about what you do here at UNE and what your expertise are. Thanks, Connor. Hello. Uh, I'm the Student Connect lead. What's the Student Connect team? We're part of the Student Experience team. We, we uh, take your phone calls. We read your emails, we talk to you on chat, and if you want to book a call, you can do that as well. So we, uh, you contact us and we'll connect you with um, what you might need to know about uh, aspects of your study and other important information in the student experience. So that's basically what I do there. All right, awesome. Thanks for that, Steve. Uh, Ash, would you like to let us know a little bit about yourself? Uh, thanks, Connor. My name is Ash. I'm the Manager of International Services here at UNE. Uh, my team looks after all aspects of study and welfare for international students studying here, so either on campus or online. Cool. All right. So as mentioned before, we're going to be talking about census states and some broader topics related to that. So um, we're going to start by going over some basic things for new students. So both of you guys, um, if you'd like to jump in whenever, what are the census dates and are there more than one census state that I should be aware of? I'll go first then. Uh, yes, uh, the census date. The ones, we've got a, a couple of census dates. There are, they are teaching period specific, but let's talk about the first couple which come up in this trimester. We've got a financial census date, which is on the 22nd of March, and an academic census date is the 3rd of May. But the financial uh, census date is that units that you are stay, studying in after that date incur the, the charges that uh, the government fees there. So if there's um, if you're enrolled after that date, after the 22nd of March, essentially that, that unit is something they, then you pay for. Um, All right, Ash, do you have anything to add? Um, yeah, I will just add about um, financial census. If you are an international student and you have paid your fees up front, uh, it doesn't just apply to students studying on um, an Australian government Commonwealth supported place. So if you've paid those fees up front, you will in fact not receive a refund if you withdraw from units after uh, the 22nd of March. Yep. Awesome. All right, so um, for the financial census date, Oh, that was that question. My bad. That question was already answered. Um, I'll skip over that. So USI and unique student identifier is what USI stands for. Um, how do I submit it? Where can I find information about it? And uh, what happens if I don't submit it by census date? Connor, I notice you're looking at me. So let me just answer that one. Um, you've probably, if you've started your studies this year with this area, if it's a new course, you would have already got some information about uh, you'll need to supply USI by the census date. And the USI, the Unique Student Identifier, is part on the government website, that's the usi.gov.au, which that's if you need information about it or if you need to... Uh, obtain a USI and apply for one. That is the place you'd go to. And once you've done that, um, you submit it to us via my UNE, uh, my enrol through there, and there's a portal there that you can submit that number to. Uh, it's an important part. The government 
the federal government has uh, required that we uh, collect these numbers so people can keep their uh, Commonwealth supported place. So it's very important you'll uh, have some communication on that, that you supply that number to us. And uh, most of you have by now, but there are still, we still require a few more out there and we'll be sending further communications out to those students this week if we haven't got it from you. So if I'm in a student's position and I do make it to census date and I'm right on the cusp, do you know roughly when I can submit my USI before it's too late? Because I do know it has to go through an approval process. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. It does we it does go through an approval process, but I haven't got those details. But as like with other things with census date on, on the units, it goes up to the end of the day um, so yep. I'd be working on there but uh, to get it through as soon as soon as possible would be great yeah definitely try to get the USI in um, for all students uh, you should try to get the USI in at least a day or two in advance just in case that approval process uh, does take a little while also you've got to think as well with staffing um, they might get swamped on the last day to do approval uh, if it's a, if it's a staff run approval process so definitely get it in as early as possible just to try to avoid um, that last little bit and having issues with your enrolments. Um, so with providing your USI as well, have you touched on that uh, uh, I think I touched on yeah. it, but I, I can just go through it. Uh, the, the communication we've sent out, which is important information about the USI, we've got some uh, instructions there where you go through in my, my enrol. Uh, and it's basically once you go into there if to supply your USI, you will have a, a tile in that part which says uh, to to submit your USI, and you'll probably see a great big yellow banner, uh, yellowish coloured banner on the my unit to say that you need to supply it. Once you've supplied it, that banner then disappears. But um, yeah, it's it's as quite simple as that. You uh, click on that through my enrol, go to the tile, and type the ten digit uh, reference number in which is a series of letters and numbers. Yeah, all fairly straightforward stuff. And if you're a mm. student as well who's just enrolled, um, it, it should be all fairly familiar with you and still fresh in your mind. So you should be able to find it fairly easily. Just go back to how you enrolled um, through MyUNE in the enrollment portal and you'll be able to find everything there. So moving on to something, I guess, that's more relevant for students on a personal level, more advice-centric. Um, if I were a student who is not sure how I'm going with the unit, so I don't know if I'm struggling, I don't know if I'm doing really well, what are some of the things that I can look out for um, to gauge my progress if I don't have something as definitive as a grade back for um, my, my, I guess, self-assessment before census date? Hmm. Yeah, you've got to get the study and the life balance, right? So I suppose you just to see how much time you've been putting in, whether you feel some of the workers in some subjects is, is to the standard of like others that you want it to be. So you can sort of consider there that if, if um, you're comfortable with that sort of work and how that's traveling. So I suppose what I'm saying is that, so we, you've got the opportunity then if you feel that maybe at this stage I'm struggling with a unit here or maybe three or four units is, is too much and I need to pair, pair it back by one. That's where uh, it's important to sort of put it through on you know, get out at the census date time. So it'll, um, yeah, so you, you can feel better on the studies and uh, in the long term, you'd make sure that your, your result, that will make sure it doesn't impact your uh, grade point average over time. If there's, um, uh, you, so you can keep your results where you want to have them. 
Um, I know that Ash as well, there's probably a slightly different system or different things that you need to be concerned about if you're an international student or studying under you know different rule sets for, what, for whatever reason. Um, any specific advice for those students that you have? Um, yeah, so for international students, the, your confirmation of enrolment and student visa are based on, study, um, on studying four units in trimesters one and two, and you're expected to complete your studies in that time. However, there are circumstances that you can withdraw from units. As Steve said, we do want you to get that work-life balance right, and we'd also like you to avoid failing units. So if you're finding that you're having to spend too much time on a particular unit, um, and other units are suffering, then please do speak to us um, prior to census about withdrawing and reducing your study load. So who should they be contacting? So if you can contact International Services, we're located in Dixon Library, or you can email uneinternational at une.edu.au. All right, awesome. Um, if I am going to withdraw from my unit, say I've expended all of the resources that UNE has to offer, so we do offer a bunch of resources for study and time management. Um, you will have gotten some of this stuff in your prep email potentially, which is the email which is sent out to you um, early on in the year, preferably before census date. Uh, sometimes we don't include that information there though, it depends on each student, so you can find that information all through UNE 101 as well. We have uh, a lot of information in there about study and time management and about making sure um, that you know who to contact if things go wrong. Say I've gone through all of that information, uh, I've been trying to keep up to date, but my life has gotten in the way. When should I start considering withdrawing? And how do I know? Are there any telltale signs, I guess? Mm, big question. <laughs> well, the the signs now would be how I suppose it comes to how you're feeling if you've had any assignments put through and you or if you've been able to submit them or you're already asking for extensions. There would be a sign there. Um, later, as I said, we have a, a different census date. We have a financial and the academic one, and withdrawing by either one of those, it doesn't impact your. GPA and the results there. So, um, yeah, it would be a case of seeing how, if there's, as I said, if you're looking at extensions, if you're not keeping up with the the, the lectures or the lessons that they're putting through. Some classes have, um, you know, weekly quizzes and things like that. I think that would be a good indication there. But as I said, if you've missed this census date, you would still need to pay for the unit, but um, then uh, by the academic census date, which I said is the first week of May, you, you still wouldn't uh, incur any failures. You'd be out of the, be able to come back to the, you know, be able to come back to the unit later and so forth. And there's no, um, yeah, there's no penalty to the GPA then. Yeah, it's really important guys to make sure that you maintain a good GPA or at least a, a consistent GPA uh, and not be adding a whole bunch of failing units there. It's absolutely fine if you, you know, aren't being able to keep up with the study load, but try to withdraw before the academic census date if possible. We're going to go on a quick song break now. Um, we're going to play Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. This song goes out to Kelsey as part of her Spotlight um, song playlist. All right, we'll be back here to talk more about census dates shortly.
All right. Hi, I'm back uh, with our two lovely guests um, talking about the sensor states and everything around that. Um, I'm joined by Steve and Ash, and they are going to continue providing excellent support uh, and information for you guys to listen to. So um, I guess if I do withdraw from my units, how does that impact me? Uh, I guess there's a whole bunch of different things that we can talk about here, but I guess we're going to start with um, how can that impact me financially? Well, in terms of domestic students, uh, a full-time study load for a like an on-campus, you know, full-time student that's um, eight units a year. Centrelink will normally pay what we've noticed is if the students go up to six units in the over the year, or so. It is good to you do have to make sure and check, of course, with Centrelink if that's okay there, and if they'll still pay if you're receiving payment from them, it's still, you're still eligible to pay. So. If any units you withdraw from it, it is, it's absolutely important that you just check with the, the um, appropriate government uh, payment areas that you're still eligible for payments. But um, yeah, that, that will be the case there. And of course, if you do cut down the units over a period of time from eight to six, say a year, it will, will t uh, make the duration of the, you know, the course longer. So it's also good to check then to see if the, the payments would still continue on as in there. there are, best to get checked with your um, you know, Centrelink provider. Awesome. Is there anything that you uh, Yeah, what I, something I will add to that for international students is um, you can extend your studies uh, into trimester three. So you could enroll in three units in trimester one, three units trimester two, two units trimester three. But financially, something to bear in mind is that if you do enroll in trimester three, you are unable to work full time. So if you were hoping to earn some money uh, during the summer break, then please enrol in four units in T1 and T2 and allow yourself to take that time during T3. Yeah, I can only speak for myself um, and a lot of the other students who I've been studying alongside while I've been here at UNE. And most students do actually prefer to study over those three trimesters just so they can have, you know, some more personal time or, or more time to even work, not full time because not possible, but um, part time or more common than not casually. Um, a lot of students work casually on the side of their studies and it's only really achievable because UNE runs their trimesters. So super lucky that we do that sort of thing here. So if I have too few units, say I do withdraw from those units, uh, and that will affect my Centrelink payments. Do you know if that affects anything else on campus? Uh, any any other systems? Well, as far as I'm aware, that providing you're in the studies, uh, you know the the system of studies, you'd, you'd still be able to remain in college. Yeah, I mean, that's that shouldn't be impacted there. It's um, lots of lots of colleges have students who are sometimes not studying any units at all. They're still within the study system. So. Uh, if you're a student who's, say, only studying one or two units a, a trimester and then you get to the point where work or life or whatever happens, um, you, you go through a traumatic event and you can only study um, next trimester, then your, your college isn't going to kick you out. We're all here to be helping the students. I mean, at the end of the day, you're still paying for it. So, you know, it's an asset to have you around. Um, I guess moving on from that as well. So... We don't actually, <laughs> we don't actually have a lot more to talk about. For, if I could for jump in, states, Connor, just yeah. one thing um, that students I think should also um, bear in mind when you are thinking about withdrawing from units is your academic progression. Uh, a lot of units have prerequisites, 
So if you are planning on withdrawing from a unit in trimester one, do check if it is a pre prerequisite for a trimester two unit, as you may end up not being able to enrol in a full-time study load in the future um, mm -hmm. by withdrawing from these units. So please make sure you always check your study plan um, and plan for the entire year, not just for the trimester. I might even add on to that. So you can go one step further instead of planning for the entire year. You should, the, the way that I've been advised and it's definitely helped me avoid those situations is actually start planning from the end of your degree and work backwards. Look at the units that have the most prerequisites, um, even second year prerequisites and make sure that you're ticking all the boxes. The worst thing that can happen is you get to, you know, what you think should be your final year and then it turns out that you haven't done a first or second year course and they're only offered in trimester one and then you have to spend an additional one to two years just sticking around to finish a couple of units, which is a nightmare. Um, Steve, is there anything else that you wanted to add? No, I, I really, I thought that was a really good point you just made there, Connor, regarding looking back because all I was just going to uh, say to the audience was that we've got plenty of um, great information up on, on the UNE websites regarding the courses. The handbooks are wonderful to be able to show you what what a pre what prerequisites are and, and the study plans that you go through. So, um, and if you can't find it there, then please reach out and contact contact us here. And as I said, the, you know we've got the, the phone numbers, the emails, live chats, and you can book a call with us. Um, but I would say probably not booking a call just yet because we're we're running up top to the uh, census date. So if you've got any further questions, please please reach out. And uh, as I said, the census date is the twenty second, and after that. Uh, the units do start uh, start going on to a, a, the ATA then. So, um, yep, all the best with the studies there. Yeah, just another point as well. I'm not sure if it was made before, but with those units after the financial census date, your HEX and HELP loans are real money. It's not fake money that you're never going to need to pay off. Everyone basically does eventually end up paying them off if you ever end up using your degree. That's that's the whole whole reason why you're able to achieve those loans. It's the idea that you will be able to pay it off eventually with the degree that you study. So it is real money. Don't try to accumulate you know a huge number if you can avoid it. Um, yeah. All right, I think that's all for the show. So thank you everyone for your time. Special thanks to Steve and Ash for making the time to be on the show. And as always, thank you for Tune FM for hosting. They are great as usual. Um, feel free to listen in on Tune next week or, or on the podcast on Spotify um, to hear us talk about studying and the library and how to use its resources. Um, that'll be a super handy um, bit of information for not only on-campus students but also online students. We do have online resources um, and an online library system which you can use and borrow, borrow book f books from. You can borrow books from them. Uh, so I highly recommend tuning in for that one. Um, I've all, I hope that you've all had an enjoyable listening experience and good luck with your studies in trimester one. If you have any recommendations or want any other information about the topics we've discussed so far, you can get in contact via the UNE Student Success Facebook page or any of the emails and links I'll include in the descriptions uh, below. You've been listening to the UNE Guide here on TuneFM uh, 106.9. This next song goes out to Kelsey again as part of her Spotlight playlist. You Are The Voice by John Farnham.